Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for episode two of the podcast that we are starting. Uh, if you were with us last week, you know that we're going through uh, some material that Jeremy and uh, some others wrote not too long ago for our Bible class curriculum here at Traders Point called Friend of the Father. Last week, we talked about what it meant to be a friend of God and what that relationship should and should not look like. And we're going to continue on in that same vein today by digging into who God is. And, and we're going to start in Exodus chapter 3. We're going to go to a couple of different places as we have this conversation. But like we would with any other relationship, if we truly want to get to know someone and have a deep, meaningful relationship with them, we have to get to know who they are. And that is just as true with God as it is for any physical relationship that we might have. It's incumbent upon us that we get to know Him. And thankfully, He provides a lot of information for us so that we can get to know Him and who He is. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Moses very directly asks God that question in Exodus chapter 3, and so we're going to talk a little bit about how God responds there. And then we're just going to talk some as well about just the nature of God and, and who He really is um, and how we should view Him in our lives today as His followers. So, so Jeremy, let's kind of dive in there. Let's start in Exodus chapter 3. Maybe you can just kind of set the scene for us a little bit as, as we kind of kick things off with uh, this probably relatively well-known passage of Scripture, but it a crucially important one if we want to get to know who God is. Yeah, you know, when we get to Exodus chapter 3, this certainly isn't the the very beginning of Moses' story. We He's one of the really few Bible characters where we, we get, in essence, the complete picture of mm-hmm. his life. I mean, yeah. you get uh, a pretty well-known story surrounding his birth. Yeah. And you get, I mean, <laughs> literally step by step throughout his whole life into a pretty well-known sto- story surrounding That's his right. death. And, yeah. and, you know, God's hand, you know, interestingly enough, very heavy in both of mm-hmm. those both of those things. But, you know, sometimes when we get to Exodus chapter 3, it, it really is kind of a new beginning. You know, Moses kind of has a couple of beginnings al- yeah. along the way, and this is certainly one of them. He, he's not, uh, you know, a, a super young man. He has been around for a little while. There's no question about that. He's had a lot of things already occur in his life. He's spent some time in Egypt, certainly famously so. Uh, he has made some mistakes there, and in essence, he has been run out of town, right? So yeah. he is he's not in Egypt anymore. He is out, and he is out, in essence, kind of minding his own business. He's yep. he's married. He's going about uh, working for his father-in-law, it seems, and he's just kind of living life in, in the way that, that he would be, that any of us would be living life. And he seemingly is beginning a day, you would think, much like many other days that he would begin. And, and he, again, well-known sees you know, kind of a bush that is on fire but not being consumed, and he goes to take a, a closer look at that, and now he has this interaction with God that begins here in Exodus chapter 3, and God pretty directly has a task for him. Mm-hmm. My people who are enslaved in Egypt, you are tasked with going and telling Pharaoh you're going to let God's people go, and Moses, you're going to be the one to lead them out. And so that leads Moses to some questions that he has. And it's really interesting. I know we're going to talk about it. In almost this very first question, 
kind of you know what, what's you know what's your name people yeah. are going to ask yeah. who, who sent you who am i going to tell them what what is your name and it is god's response to this that is oh so interesting on uh, kind of the beginning of this interaction between god and moses here at the burning bush yeah let's just if it's all right let's just kind of read this just real briefly um because i think i think it's it's really important to to hear it from god's mouth as he as he answers this question um, so Moses will say in verse number 13, uh, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall, sh- you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. God, God was ready for this question. Right. <laughs> he, he wasn't caught off guard by, by the question that Moses was going to ask him. And he had a very specific way that he wanted Moses to, to take his name to those that he was going to, to talk to. And I, I, I've thought at times as I've read through this, you know, did, did Moses not know what to call God? Did, you know, why was there was there some type of confusion? But when you think about it, he, he's going to an Egyptian pharaoh, someone who would not know the true and living God. And in order for him to have any credence with Pharaoh, he has to be able to tell him who's sending him because Moses' name doesn't hold any water. So who are you coming from? Who's sending you to tell me these things? It's a fair question. And it's an important one that Moses is able to answer when he goes to Pharaoh. And so God being so prepared for this question and giving him such an important answer to it, I mean, so so much so that, that what we see here in Exodus chapter 3, I mean, this is what the Hebrews will call God forever and ever um, from this point forward. It, it is so profound and such an important answer that God gives him to give him what he wants to be called in this moment as Moses prepares to go and talk to Pharaoh. Yeah, and the couple of things that really stand out is, you know, he answers this question. That's a pretty common question, right? I mean, it's still, you know, one of those, you know, relationship-building questions mm-hmm. that we'll use today, right? Certainly at the very outset of a relationship. Hey, yeah. what's, you know, my name is Jeremy. What's your name? Oh, your mm-hmm. name is John. You know, it's nice to meet you. And every time that we answer that question, well, what is your name? We're going to use, you know, that proper noun form, right? right? My name is Jeremy. That is a noun. That is what I use. That is what people call me. And and I don't know if, in essence, that's what Moses was looking for Mm -hmm. here. And it is interesting that there's kind of a noun form of God's name that is used in Hebrew Scripture, Yahweh. Jehovah, Lord, kind of yep. all capital letters, depending on the Bible that you're using, mm-hmm. is used know, hundreds, if not yeah. thousands of times yeah. in the in the Old Testament. And so and maybe you would think, well, he's going to give that, right? It's something that's going to be used and, and will be used from you know points before this and after, right? So maybe he's going to give that, but he doesn't. And he doesn't give a noun at all. I mean, I'm I'm certainly no Hebrew scholar and don't claim to be, <laughs> but you know, it's it's an easy look up on you know the word that's used here. Yeah, it's not a noun; it is a verb, and it basically means you know I'm I'm I am I'm I will be there. Yeah. What's really interesting, just for instance, because it's close by, this I am who I am in verse fourteen that you made reference to already, 
is the exact same verb form, verb word, you, that he uses in verse 12. Mm-hmm. When he talks to Moses, and Moses, he says to Moses, I will certainly be with you. It is that verb that is now translated, I am who I am. And so it is a really interesting, it's almost as if God is telling Moses, I know you're fearful. I know you've got problems. I know you've got obstacles. The only thing that matters, Mm -hmm. even more than what my name is, and I'm sitting here using the air quotes, right? Even more important than that, I will be yeah. with you. And that, yeah. you know, from this whole conversation and these few chapters, I mean, that is the theme that God will continue to use. But it is that idea that I am really from this point carries, even all the way into the New Testament where Jesus mm-hmm. himself will make reference to it. Yeah, I heard it ex- explained to me one time in a, in a way that I thought was really helpful to me. Somebody somebody used the the example of if, if you were going to add, if you were going to stop by my house, and you said, will you be home? And I said, yes, I will be home. Essentially what I'm saying is, I will be there whenever you show up. Now, I didn't give a definite time of when I was going to leave or anything like that. The way I phrase that is, indefinitely, I will be there. You can come by whenever you want. That, that's the same tense that God is using here. And so it actually helps us then when we go to Revelation, for instance, Revelation 21, and God talks about being the beginning and the end, and we see this eternal nature of God, it makes perfect sense that he would use this tense when talking about himself. He is here, and he will be here. Right. <laughs> there, right. is not, there is not an end. He does, he, it's not, I will be here until. It's, I am, I will be. There, there is a consistency um, in the way that he phrases this for Moses. And it actually is extremely telling about the nature of God, that he is always present. He always has been present. He always will be present. He is an eternal creature, an eternal being. And so this, again, you know, we use the phrase this name, even though, as you made mention, it's not exactly a a noun. but But the name that he uses here and the one that will be used in the Old Testament going forward, it actually is a characteristic of God more than anything. He is, he will be, he is present. He always has been and he always will be. And that tells us so much about God. And so, you know, we talk, we're talking about this in the context of, of getting to know God and developing a relationship with him. And there is so much comfort to be found in knowing that he is ever present, that he is always there, that he always has been, he always will be. He is a constant for me. And that, that that foundation is one that you can truly build a relationship upon because you know he's there and always will be. Yeah, and what's to me what's fascinating is, you know, the timing of God giving this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really interesting. It's, you know, maybe for a, a different time and a different discussion, but you know, it's it's an interesting thought to kind of begin to think about what Moses's relationship or even knowledge of God before this point. Mm-hmm. He he certainly had some yeah. that he would have re- received from his from his family, his his Israelite family that he yeah. was brought up by. I, I think there's indication of that. But you know what is full knowledge of of Jehovah, who's mm-hmm. speaking to him now. You know certainly is in question, and so now whether you're you know you're imagining this maybe introduction mm-hmm. to certainly in this very new beginning that God goes about it this way that He uses a pretty kind of well known 
and much used verb in the Hebrew mm-hmm. language, but is so imperfect in its tense, as you made reference to. It is translated, I will be. It was mm-hmm. translated in other places, I was, yep. um, I am, right? It's translated in all of the tenses. Mm-hmm. But yet here, all of the tenses apply, right? right. I was, I am now, yeah. I will be forever. Yep. And it is, a, that is that perfect picture that you see from God his eternal nature, and then now trying to understand the importance that that understanding plays Mm -hmm. in my relationship with God is an important piece for us, for sure, but an important piece for Moses here. This is Moses was about to take on something that was going to be difficult, and when we begin to think, why does God really want him to understand it? I think we can answer that question yep. because it's the same application in a lot of ways for us today. Oh, it, it tr- yeah, it truly is. Because you think about what Moses was getting ready to do. He was putting his life on the line, essentially, to try and go do something that, from everyone else's perspective, he is not equipped or prepared to do in any way, shape, or form. Mo- Moses is not, even he tries to make the point, I'm not the guy for this job. You need to find somebody else. And, and he has some valid reasons as to why he doesn't think he's the guy for this job. But the reality is, is that God gives him this, this comfort in knowing that, listen, Moses, you're not going in there based on your own credibility. You're going in there based on mine. Right. And, and that, that is a relationship that will then propel Moses to do things that he never would have been capable of doing otherwise. He never would have led the people out of Egypt had it not been for that relationship that he had with God and the credibility that God gave him, being a friend of his, being a companion of his during this process. And so this this nature of God was was so important for Moses to understand because without it, he wouldn't have been able to do what he did at all. But because he goes into Pharaoh, who's this powerful leader in Egypt, and he says, hey, you need to let these people go. You want to know why you need to let these people go? Because the guy on my side is a whole lot bigger than you are. Because, Pharaoh, you can't say that you are and that you always will be. You can't say that. You're going to die, and you're going to move on, and someone else is going to take your place. But the guy next to my side, that's not the case. He is and he will be forever. And so the the power contained in this, and then combining that with the relationship that Moses has with him, is really in every way what propels Moses and gives him the ability to go and do what God's asking him to do. Yeah, and God, he actually kind of exemplifies that as he almost reiterates in verse 15, even though very different words are used there. But, you know, you've you read for, you know, 13, 14, and 15, we're there in you know in fourteen he uses that phrase I am who I am you you, you can tell them the I am has sent you yeah. but then there in verse fifteen he 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 uses very different mm-hmm. words but the exact same thing is being said right yeah. he says to Moses there in verse fifteen you're going to say to the children of Israel the Lord the God of your fathers of Abraham of Isaac of Jacob he is the one that sent you and and now you have God now referencing back hundreds of years from this point. Yep. And to say, listen, the God, I, I'm the God who was with Abraham. I'm the God who was with uh, Jacob. I'm the God who was with Isaac. I'm the God who will be with you. I mm-hmm. am the God that will be with your children. I'm yep. the God that will be with Jesus. I'm the God that will be with the apostles. I am the God that will be with 
us as we sit here in 2022. Yeah. I am the God that will be with if the world continues in 3022. Yeah. It, it is the point that he's making. Uh, I, there is no beginning. There is yeah. no end. And that cannot be said of anything else. And so what that is apt to do to Moses, it took him a little bit to get there. <laughs> it takes us, it's going to take us a little bit yeah, to get sure, there. Sure, But it, it is that confidence yeah. that now I can do this difficult thing. Mm-hmm. I can do this difficult thing that's been asked yeah. because of the confidence that I have knowing that God is right here with me. And he's not going, he's not going anywhere. He's not expiring. Mm-hmm. He's not Cinderella at 12 o'clock. And now, you know, that goes away. He doesn't end. He doesn't yeah. expire. And so that means he will always be there no matter how long I'm going mm-hmm. He's going to be there. Does my task take a day? Does it take an hour? Does it take a year? Does it take 10 years? Does it take a lifetime? Yeah. Well, if it takes a lifetime, guess what? God's going to be there for the duration of that lifetime. And so now I've got the confidence. I've got the confidence to to live and to grow in that mm-hmm. relationship. And that that understanding is so awe-inspiring to, to just take a step back from this and you know I'm trying to picture myself in Moses's shoes and, and trying to take all this in and and you just take a step back from that and you just marvel at at, at who he's talking to and and who God really is it's just it's all inspiring and I think you know there there's a reason why so many times throughout scripture when God's presence makes an appearance People just fall on their faces. They, that's the only response that they can come up with. They just, they just fall on their faces because there is a recognition and an understanding of who he is. And it's just overwhelming in every sense of the word. You know, there's a, there's a beautiful example there at the end of Ezekiel chapter 1, one of my favorite chapters really because you get this beautiful um, image that is painted for us throughout the course of chapter 1 as Ezekiel sees these amazing things. And his response to all of this is just he just f- falls on his face. He he can't he can't even bear to stand and see what what is in front of him because he recognizes just how amazing this is. And I, and I think in a very similar manner, we're kind of getting that a little bit with Moses here to just be able to take a step back and think the the God that I'm interacting with is eternal. That's even difficult for me to wrap my mind around. I can't hardly even process what it means to be eternal. And yet this is who God is. And it's just, it is awe-inspiring. And there there is a level of comfort that comes with that. There's a level of fear that comes with that. There's a level of reverence that comes with that. It, it, is, it is truly just, it is something unlike anything else that we can possibly imagine to, to realize that the God who wants a relationship with us is an eternal one who is greater and bigger and more superior than anything I could possibly dream up. You know, the eternal nature of God and lots of other things with who God is. And we're going to, in you know episodes to come, we're going to talk a little bit more about who God is. And you begin to think about all, all of these things are massive concepts, right? All mm-hmm. of them are, are huge. I mean, you, you have, you know, certainly passages like Isaiah chapter 55 that makes the point that, you know, yeah. God's ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts and just how much bigger he is. But, you know, as where we are here with this idea and this eternal nature of God 
and who he is, it is a complicated concept. Mm-hmm. You know, just for instance, yeah. I had turned to Psalm 90, just the two first two verses. Listen, Lord, this is Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. You have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, mm-hmm. you are God. Yeah. Now that reality is stated there in Psalm 90, but now for me to grasp that yeah. is a is a challenge. And, <laughs> and I think the temptation then becomes, and you alluded to it just a moment ago, the temptation becomes is to buckle under that, yeah. to come to that realization. It, it is a concept that I cannot fully grasp. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's a reality. I think eternity and the eternal nature of God is a concept that I'm not equipped to fully grasp. But the temptation is to take that big God concept that we cannot fully grasp and then just to give up on thinking about it altogether. Because I cannot fully comprehend it, I'm not even going to you know, spend any energy or mind energy at all. And so, you know, that question, you know, ultimately becomes if we can't do that, should we even try? And Mm -hmm. I think there is huge benefits in trying to grasp hold, spending some time in meditation and some deep thought about what that eternal nature of God, you know, means. The temptation is, I can't grasp all of it, so I'm not going to try to get any of it. Mm-hmm. Well, don't do that. It's not, if I can, I'm not going to even try. Right. Even if I can't fully, there's still huge benefits of exploring that idea. And I think in a lot of ways, that's exactly what we see Moses maybe start to do here in Exodus chapter 3, but certainly as he lives his life, he is exploring the nature of Mm -hmm. God throughout the entirety of his life. And I certainly think that's the journey that we need to to take. We talked a little bit about this last week when we were talking about what it really means to be a friend just in general senses. One of the things we talked about is in order to truly be a friend, you have to know each other. And so to your point... If we want to have that type of relationship with God, or at least we say we want to have that type of relationship with God, but then we just tend to be like, man, that's awfully complicated, or that's a little too deep for me. I'm just going to stop right here. Well, we're saying one thing, but we're exhibiting something different because what we're exhibiting is we don't really want a relationship with God. We're not willing to put the work and the effort in to get to know Him. And, and that is what is so important, that we we do the work that it takes to truly get to know Him And when we do, what we find is what Moses found and what so many others throughout Scripture found is that getting to know God is the most rewarding experience of our lives because what we find is is a God who loves us and cares for us and wants the best for us and and wants to forgive us and and wants to give us abundance. I mean, everything that that God is is good for us. And there's the passage in in Revelation chapter 1 that I, I really, really is a powerful one. As John sees the vision here that's recorded in Revelation chapter 1, it says in verse 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I love that image because you get the you get the sense of awe that we were talking about just a moment ago that we see with Moses and Ezekiel and others as well, 
where when, when faced with God's presence, you just, you just fall down dead. I mean, that's, there's just no other reaction but that. But then you get this picture of God putting his right hand on him and reminding him that he loves him and, and that, that he shouldn't be afraid, that I'm the first and the last, I'm, I'm eternal. Just such a beautiful picture of the comfort that God provides for us as we go through this experience of getting to know him. He's right there, and he wants us to, to know him. He wants us to love him, and, and he wants us to experience this journey that we're going to go on of getting to know him better and experience the great joy that comes from it. And I think this picture here of, of John going through that a little bit here in the first chapter of Revelation is really cool. Yeah, I mean, he, listen, God is a fill-in-the-blank God, and it's difficult because none of us are fully yeah. fill-in-the-blank people, so yeah. that is difficult for us to think. And I think, and maybe that's kind of a simplistic way to, to view this phrase, I am, you know, that we see in Exodus chapter 3, because our English vernacular we're waiting for the fill in the blank, right? I yeah. mean, we get yeah. that all the time. Right. You know, someone may ask me, "Hey, who are you?" and mm-hmm. I'm going to say, "I am Jeremy," right? Yeah. Or I, I may say, "I am a preacher," mm-hmm. or "I am a husband," or "I am a sports fan," or "I am a father," right. or "I am a son," right? We always have that fill in the blank. Yeah. But when God is like, you know, Moses is asking, you know, "Who are you? Who am I going to say?" and He says, "I am." Mm-hmm. But then that's it. <laughs> and what really strikes me is uh, you fill, fill in the blank. Right. He, he, yeah. is, he is everything. Yeah. He is everything. For Moses, he's telling mm-hmm. Moses, I am everything that you need. Yeah. Whatever you're going to need, mm-hmm. I am that thing. Whatever you are going to find that you need in that moment, I am that thing. Mm. And it's just, it's such an incredible thought to begin to think about. Uh, and it's just such an interesting, you know, phrase. it's such an yeah. interesting phrase yeah. that, as we may mention, that will continue to pop up. And even in the page of the New Testament, Jesus himself, he'll refer- he references it, mm-hmm. you know, in talking about God, in talking about himself. And it's just unusable. Yeah. For everyone else, yeah. except yeah. for God, it is a powerful conversation. That's a that's, three. that's a really that's a really awesome picture you just painted there, and one that I think is so applicable for us today. Because if you're going through temptation and you think to yourself, "Man, I, I really need some strength in this moment," that's God. Yeah. Or, man, I really need some clarity right now. So what I'm that's God. Or, man, I, I really need wisdom to help me under—that's God. And it's, a, so, it's such an applicable way of viewing God in our lives today. We go through these challenging moments where, you know, we need this, we need that, or, or whatever it might be. And to, to really take a moment and say, God's very name tells me that he's going and can provide these things for me. He doesn't have to list every one of them out. His very name tells me that. And that is just such a cool way of thinking about about God and, and really what that relationship can look like to know that, that I can have such a close personal relationship with him that he fills in the blank for me everywhere and any time that I need it. That that's I think that's exactly what Moses needed in that moment. As you referenced a moment ago, he had a lot of blanks in his life. He was about to go to Pharaoh. He didn't know what to say. He didn't know how to act. He didn't know what to do. He had a lot of blanks in his life, and God provided him the comfort of knowing that he filled every one of those. And the same is true for us today. I and mean, we're going to face a lot of uncertainty 
and, and to know that standing right next to me is the God who can fill in every blank, that is, is so powerful and, and such an important way of viewing him. Yeah, I, I agree. And it is, and as you just made reference to, it is his name is that. Yeah. And uh, it, it's an incredible picture. We'll go ahead and wrap things up for the day there. Uh, appreciate everyone taking some time to join us. Again, if you missed episode one, please go back and take a listen to that. And uh, we will be back next week with episode three as we continue our discussion of getting to know God and who He is.